This is the Global Service Associates Podcast, and I'm your host, Andy McCullough. Hi, we have a special episode today with Stan Oaks, uh, who's a member in Virginia. And 17 years ago, Stan uh, found out he had brain cancer and he had surgery. And he just gives a great perspective of life as he's walked this journey these last um, almost two decades. And so I hope you enjoy this episode as we interview Stan Oaks. Hey, good morning. I have with us Stan Oaks. Uh, hey, Stan. Hey, how are you? Good to meet you, Andy, on the on the uh, Zoom. Yeah, it's good to good to meet you and see you. I've been on uh, some roundtables with you before, but I think it's the first time one on one conversation. Yeah. So um, many of you might know Stan. Stan uh, started the Christian Leadership Network. It's what nineteen eighty. Yeah, 1980. 1980. And uh, so that's uh, was Campus Crusades Ministry to Professors. It's now called Faculty Commons. And some of our members have worked with them through the years. That's correct. Yeah. And then Stan was the president of King's College. And I'm not sure I remember which year. Was it in the 90s? Yeah, 97. We... I went to uh, uh, made the transition to the King's College, which was in New York City, and all that all that we had was the um, was the you know the, the official document to be open. We didn't have the building. We didn't have this. We didn't have any professors. We didn't have any students. Yeah, so we had the King's College. Right. So it was really kind of relaunching because King's College. Um, I was on the campus. It was north of the city back in the day. I don't. Yeah, um, we did a briefing for a North Star project, which was Crew's uh, summer project to the Soviet Union, and uh, I did a briefing and a debriefing there in 1991. So I, that's my experience with King's College. But y'all are in Manhattan, right? When yeah. You're... First, we um, we uh, sold the King's College uh, in. Uh in Briarcliff Manor. Okay, and, that's what, yeah. And then we bought the campus yeah. in, uh, uh, well, like Tuxedo Park, tuxe near Tuxedo Park. Okay. And uh, <clears throat> then we tried to, we got, we had our bat, our, uh, our uh, li library there. We had uh, mm -hmm. buildings there and mm -hmm. everything, but uh, it needed renovation. And so we raised a good bit of money, but by then we decided to not do that, but we sold it and moved to, to New York City, which seemed to be somewhat of a more strategic move in the sense that it's right in the most mm -hmm. challenging part of the world, which is New York City. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you were in the Empire State Building, right? Yes, we were. I had yeah. a friend who was the in charge of all the... Uh, he was the agent of, of uh, the Empire State Building, and so we okay. leased two 
uh, one large floor downstairs, and then uh, nine thousand square feet up upstairs on the I think something like the fifteenth yeah fifteenth floor, and so we again you know we had to build from that point and uh, and that's what you do is you trust God yeah. for it and then uh, you know we. We uh, a story about how we got the money to going on that because you know we Ginger and I just didn't have any money, yeah. and people didn't think we were going to do anything, which I agree with them in a lot of ways. <laughs> and uh, so you know, uh, we used a hundred thousand of our own money and mm. uh, uh, asked a friend of ours, and he put up a quarter of a million, although he was somewhat reluctant, as everybody was in those days when you're in charge of nothing. Mm-hmm. And uh, then uh, we ha- we went to a, a man's place for the weekend for a prayer. And uh, at the end of it, he said, well, we're going to invest $5 million in, in the King's Fund without our asking. Wow. Sense. Other yeah. than saying, we kept saying, if we don't get $5 million, we're not going anywhere. Which, you know, I was an entrepreneur. I just thought, mm-hmm. yeah, we'll just give it a try and see how it goes. And so he... Yeah. He put up five million, and then he said, "Well, of course, only if you raise five million in four months." So you can see what a miracle it was, and I don't uh, even—I don't even claim credit for it because. And then we raised uh, seven point seven million in four months, wow. and we didn't even have any means to raise that money, huh. and so we just prayed and asked God to give us some people who would like to do that, mm-hmm. and they did. And then, you know, I didn't really know how to do all things right. You know, in the university, I, you know, it took me seven years to get through four years at the University of Minnesota. <laughs> so, you know, you just have to learn along the way when you're my kind of entrepreneur. And there's yeah. a couple of different kinds, one of which is an intuitive entrepreneur uh-huh. and, uh, and an experimental type entrepreneur. Another one is a calculated entrepreneur. And I was definitely not on the calculated side. <laughs> Well, you know, you just trust God, and then you yeah. go to R and and. But I had organized uh, a network of professors, and that yeah. was quite interesting because you see the value of who they are and what they think mm-hmm. of you, and mm-hmm. and they didn't really think that much of of me, which I can see. You know, seven years to get through four years, and. Uh, but live and learn, and and yeah. uh, I wouldn't say they're excited about me living and learning, but I was, yeah. and uh, so uh, you know we got great professors and all of that, and became you know some people wanted it to be for the needy and the poor, which I think would have been a great opportunity for other people's on some other responsibility, but I wanted something that was going to be effective at the highest level. And so um, we started with about, I don't know, 30 students, maybe something like that. Mm-hmm. And you call yourself a college. So there you go. And yeah. uh, so that's how that unfolded. I mean, it's a whole story. And right. We had, we right. Had to, we had to sue the state of New York and we had to do this and we had to do that. And then after we got through the lawsuits, then, you know, they were just paying a little more attention to us. And uh, and then, you know, uh, I'll tell you, there's just great stories, but for another time. Okay. Yeah. Well, I uh, before we get too far in, you mentioned your wife, Ginger. 
And uh, so you guys now, you live in Virginia, right? Yeah, we live in Charlottesville. Charlottesville, uh, where that's the where the University of Virginia is, correct? Yes, uh, yes, it is, and we live right across the street from UVA, although we're not okay. really involved yet. And uh, uh, our daughter lives a couple hours away at uh, William and Mary. Okay, she's a professor there, so you know we just ask God what to do, and then she's married to a guy named Mike, and um, they've been married I don't know about ten years. And, uh, and she's, you know, done good things there and he's done good things. So, you know, they're on their way. Yeah. Oh, that's great. So you just have the one daughter and son and one daughter and that, that's it. I would say you ask yeah. God for things. He decided no. Yeah. Yeah. But that's great. Yeah. It's, it, um, he knows what's best, right? Well, he does. He does. You know, well, I yeah. listen would like a lot more than that but you know there it yeah. is well speaking of life and kind of what kind of came about um i just want to maybe have you share a little bit about your brain cancer and kind of the process of that and where you are in health yeah, that's, a, and that's stuff. an amazing adventure of yeah you know that was in 2007 which means okay. I've been now almost 17 years, which is very rare. And I met people in the hospital and then they made it a couple of years and then they died. And, uh, you know, it's hard when, you know, people are with you and then they don't make it. Mm. And, uh, and, but, you know, you, um, you know, I was, it was like two weeks of graduation at the King's college and I, um, I went into a situation where I lost my voice, which is very weird. And, uh, and then, you know, I went through a grand mall surge, uh, grand mall problem. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so you pass out and all of this kind of thing. And then, and then they asked Ginger to help. Well, you know, <laughs> I wouldn't call that just very exciting. And, uh, so that took a number of days and they cut a big nine inch slice in my head and it was brain cancer. And so um, they had to s stitch it 29 times in order to get it closed. And uh, and they put this, this this thing on your head to keep it everything. And then they have a thing that keeps the water in, uh, out, it brings it out where it is. You know, it's just kind of a whole medical Wow. situation which i did not enjoy and you know what happens yeah. is is for me uh, i felt real joy afterwards mm -hmm. um and then for all but for only two years and mm -hmm. then i realized what had happened mm -hmm. and you start to understand that <clears throat> for all the things that you know some 30 plus years with campus crusade and he rewards you with brain cancer i wouldn't call that just great joy and uh, yeah, and now I mean, having worked through it, I think it's one of the best things I've ever done. Uh, been most excited about, and because I learned about the Bible and learned about God in a way that uh, was very unusual. And uh, in fact, I've been working on that for a number of years. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, you know, you you just. 
you just go through it and you've never gone through it before and nobody else really tells you what what's going to happen and right and uh you know i met one guy in the hospital and had a chance to talk to him about jesus and and uh you know he died a, a, you know a few year, a few months later and uh you know he just it was a, sort of became a pagan after growing up Christian. And then at the end of his life, he was quoting Psalm 23. So I, I found it to be a real, uh, you know, adventure in a lot of ways where God was with me. Uh, you know, he, he you could say God is always with you, but I would say he was with me in another way. So whatever yeah. it was, it was, he yeah. was just with me. Yeah. And, uh, so I'm very excited about it. And, you know, when I say excited about it, you know, it's it's what came out of it when I was looking at, at the Bible for thousands of hours. You know, it was all I could read. And yeah, I went through this experience where, you know, he says, uh, uh, long for the pure milk of the word that you by, may grow in respect to salvation. And I thought, well, I never really grew that much. You know, it's sort of an honest reaction. And then I I read this other passage where it says the word of God is living and active and sharper than, you know, and then I thought, living and active, and this is dead and irrelevant. <laughs> and uh, and <laughs> then, you know, this is me reading the Bible. So right, right. I wouldn't call that just exciting conclusions, but uh, it was really tremendous on the way to the process of of what God wanted to do. And then I read the great commandment, love the Lord with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. And in some passages, it says all your strength. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, the word all popped into my head. What do you mean all? All your heart. What is my heart? What do you mean by all of it? You know, there's... A, it's 856 times in the Bible. I never read anything on the heart to speak of except the great commandment. Mm -hmm. And uh, and that became a great adventure of, of looking up that passage in other uh, areas of the Bible. And I found Deuteronomy 429, where it says, not just love the Lord your God, but seek the Lord and you'll find him mm -hmm. if you search for him. Mm-hmm. And it was just an amazing uh, uh, res response of me related to the Bible because I thought, I'm supposed to seek him? Well, I guess I didn't really seek him that much before, I mean, in his opinion. And uh, and that became what I've been occupied a, a lot uh, since then, just finding out what's really, uh, what's really his agenda in the Bible, what's his strategic plan, uh, you know, sort of a, I didn't grow up Christian, so, you know, I'm pretty honest about what I see. Mm -hmm. And I, I thought to myself, you you seek and you find him. Well, what do you find? Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I seek him. Well, how do you do that? And you can see where I was in my response. Mm -hmm. And so that mm -hmm. was about, you know, I don't know, several years into it, like four or five years. And uh, so that's what I, I uh, concentrated on. So what else do you have in mind? I don't want to keep on going on that. <laughs> oh, no, let's let's actually let's go a little deeper. I mean, this is 17 years of and yeah, 17 years. Yeah. You, when you think of 17 years, you know, 
it's interesting how much you learn along the way that you forget because you're you're through brain cancer and yeah and you um when i say you forget it you forget it and then you have to it has to come back to you mm -hmm. and and then I became concentrating on looking at the Bible all over again in terms of just words. Mm. And, you know, when you think about it, there's two beginnings, one of which is in uh, Genesis 1-1, and the other is in John 1-1. Right. And in the beginning was the word. And mm -hmm. I thought, well, what is that word? And I was friends with um, this professor of law at uh, Berkeley. Mm-hmm. And he did a whole piece on it, and he said the whole meaning on it is that it's uh, all based on reason. So I thought was that was interesting. And then, but you know, after looking at it over and over and over again, and then actually looking at it in other passages, I started thinking about it differently, and in terms of words, and what were those words. And when I say what were those words, they were, they were actual words, actual. And so when I was studying the Bible, I saw 9,900 of them, of these words, and there were only 70 of them. And they were all related to um, the great commandment, your heart, your soul, and your mind, and your strength. And then there's 66 others. And uh, all related to the to the human physical life, but they have multiple meanings. For example, you have the human body, but it has multiple meanings in the Bible, like the body of Christ and the body of of uh, communion, mm -hmm. uh, where you have uh, flesh and uh, and or bread and and wine, or you have. Um, the actual position uh, position in the Bible, so you know I saw all that, and then were there were just likes lots of them, yeah. lots of different words of the body, and other words uh, related to these seventy words related to the body that were physical words, but they were they were physical words with mm -hmm. spiritual or non spiritual meanings, so I looked them all up. Now, you say you look them all up, but I wouldn't call that the speediest thing I've ever done because, you know, I'm not as smart as I used to be and I'm not as fast as I used to be. And, and uh, you know, I'm very curious. You know, I'm actually, one of my main strengths is I'm just very curious. You know, I'm a, you know, when I find out something interesting, then I'm very curious about it. And when I don't think it's curious, I'm very uninterested in it. You know, that's sort of why I wasn't that, that active in, in school until graduate school when I really got interested in certain things that were related to God, Jesus, and the Bible. And these were not God, Jesus, and Bible passages. These were God, Jesus, and Bible ideas. Anyway, so that's sort of a picture of it. Then, Well, um, you know, one thing I'm... I wanted to ask you more about, you had mentioned how after, you know, like two years into your, into your brain cancer, um, you were experiencing joy, but then there was a kind of reality set in. And yet you, you mentioned something I'd have to go back and listen, but just kind of, you have a different perspective of joy 
right now in real yeah you know I, you know the first two years of of response is you don't really understand what happened and then all yeah. of a sudden you begin to understand and i wouldn't call that a, a joyful feeling yeah a joyful response and then i went through these periods of darkness where uh i i would say that i god wasn't there he didn't talk to me for like six years mm. and he made me steadfast so that i didn't care or you know i care but i'm i'm on steadfast and so i said well what do you have on your mind and then he wouldn't tell me mm. and uh you know it was kind of a toughness in me that he provided where you start to start to think of yourself as being tough and 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 not just you know i was already kind of tough because i didn't grow up christian and then you start to think about it on the point of view of, of other kinds of things where you know you have a, a kind of uh, tough graciousness you know a tough grace or and uh you know it's kind of what i've mentioned to amy that i mean uh, that's our daughter ginger mm -hmm. that you know, I would like for her, and she does. She's she's very emotional, but also very tough. And uh, you know, she teaches me a lot about being tough the right way and emotional the right way, and other ways. You know, I do it on my own. So, and uh, does that answer your question, or should I talk a little bit about, about more? Well, yeah, like you talked about, kind of going in this dark phase for six years or so what do you feel like the how the lord brought you through that i can't really even say i would just say it stopped mm -hmm. and then i was filled with joy again i've never really in you know like 40 years before that i never had this i always mm -hmm. had no sort of no depression or that kind of a thing and I would call it sort of a godly depression where you, where he, he does this to test, to test me hmm. and to make it a temptation gone in more like a tribulation where he wants to strengthen me as a person, which, you know, I already was sort of had the bejesus beat out of me hmm. and, uh, so, you know, it's it's something that I can't, you know, even when I look back on it, I know six years approximately, and why did I come back at it? I don't know. Mm -hmm. I just did. Mm -hmm. And now he is much closer. And he's, you know, because I have a lot of things that I would say are unpleasant that I don't like. Mm -hmm. And he's given me this joy where I live above all circumstances. And then my circumstances are sort of in... in down at the bottom where I can ignore them. Mm -hmm. And he fills me with this joy of a different kind where it's like the fruit of the spirit, his love and joy, the fruit of the spirit. Well, I never really saw the fruit of the spirit producing this, but it did. So, um, and having joy instead of all the other things that could be happening in my life is really tremendous because, you know, a lot of things I don't like. I don't like feeling you know in good shape like 90 percent of the time but what happened at the 10 percent and i don't like thinking well but what happened to the 10 percent mm. i like memory but what happened 10 percent of the memory 
So, you know, you just have to, he gives me love in the middle of that, even things you don't like. Mm. And I would say there's much of my life I don't like, but it's only like 10%, and he enables me to have joy in the middle of it. So, you know, I don't really put pay any attention to it. So, you know, it just, anyway, that's it. You know, as you were talking, I was thinking of how James writes um, in his epistle of, when we go through trials that we're to consider it pure joy. And it's it's so hard when you're in the middle of it, right? You can't yeah. see the other side. Yeah. Well, I would dark say, place. Yeah, that's good. You know, I had not remembered that passage, which among many I haven't remembered when I memorized them all in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's a good good point. You made the you reminded me just now. So that's great. Well, I, it sounds like I don't want to put words in your mouth, Stan, but just this perspective of understanding pure joy, right? It's, it's, we think we might think pure joy is, is still circumstantial. Like I feel pure joy when great things happen in my life or my yeah, family this, or this definitely above that, you know, yeah, it's sort different. Of a supernatural kind of a thing that I tell Ginger, I say, honey, I listen, you got more problems than I do, and I've got brain cancer because he's given me this joy. So yeah. you know, there I am. So you know, yeah. it just—I kind of get excited about it. But on the other hand, you know, I do remember six years of if I if I had not had steadfastness, you know, it would have been very difficult. And he's yeah. given me to be steadfast in the in the in in problems. Life and death problems, you know, being well and being sick, you know, having strengths and weaknesses, a lot of weaknesses. And so, yeah, so that's, that would, <laughs> but I don't really know what else to say about it. No, it's so great. I think for those of us who we may have, you know, there's a lot of times in our life we go through a dark place, a dark night of our soul. And, um, but to have the perspective um, that you you've experienced, I, I you know not only thinking of James, I'm thinking of Paul, who talks about in Philippians a lot of joy. Yeah, and he's talking about within any circumstance, and he relates it to, you know, I know what it's like to have and and have a lot and have nothing, and that um, you know to have joy in the in the midst yeah yeah i i could brag about it all day except i didn't do anything to bring it about god just did it yeah and, you know a lot of things like raising you know i don't remember how much money three point three point seven million or something like that 12.7 million and i don't really take any credit for it because i you know we were raising like ten thousand and this and that and then you know all of a sudden comes that and then we went a year without raising a penny. So, you know, I do understand the way and some new ways in which God thinks and works. And, and uh, you know, it's, and there you go. Yeah, it's you not know, Christian life I enjoy because it's a, it's a real life thing. And it is tough love and yeah. <clears throat> a lot of areas and, and, uh, and many of them do turn out, but many of them don't turn out well. Right. Mm -hmm. 
other people probably can do better, but you know, they didn't, they weren't interested. So oh, we can say intellectually, we can read these passages and other things and go, it, it, it's so easy to kind of get caught in the circumstance, right? And when things are going well in life, ministry, and that, but when you're, when things don't, it's natural, I think, in yeah. our reaction to wonder. Yeah. Sometimes we we look at things that happen and we go, okay, why me, Lord? Why did you allow these things to happen? Yeah. Which I think is human nature, right? That's just as much as we can say, well, it's spiritual to... to... Interesting, you know, is... The good thing is, is when I was a seven-year graduate, and you know, I don't really value of certain kinds of things. You know, there were there are certain kinds of things I didn't value that I, you know you could say are great, but I didn't. Value. My daughter has done very well in acad academia, mm -hmm. and uh, and uh, she is, uh, uh, you know, and I wouldn't say I have those skills. I don't. I don't have those skills. I have. Uh, and even even then, I I would say in some ways I look at things more differently, and I look at things that she would never read, like Aristotle and uh, you know Machiavelli and Hobbes, mm -hmm. Locke, and all these other people. And so, in a way, I understood ideas that she's never understood. And in other ways, I've under I've not understood ideas that she's interested in. Yeah, and uh, and she's done very well, and I've done the best. <laughs> Just <laughs> well, what Stan? What would you what would you want to share with us? Just uh, maybe that you haven't already. Just you feel like the Lord impressed on you that this is how we need to look at life and look at His Word or look at Him. Well, I think, uh, you know, in despite of the fact that God has given me joy, uh, I have a lot of disappointment in my life of what I don't accomplish anymore mm -hmm. and uh, the way in which people are not really interested in what I'm doing. And I don't do a very good job of showing them what it is so that they'd be excited about it. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, so, you know, I, you know, I would say, you know, just speaking frankly here, that's just uh, sort of, you know, I don't really like that. And yet he gives me joy above it. And uh, so now I'm working on something I think is very interesting, which is I've started looking at the Bible in a new way, which has been uh, great fun. And Ginger's been, you know, helpful. Mm -hmm. And uh, but I don't know who to ask, who else to ask for. I mean, I have some wealthy people, but they don't know as much as I do. <laughs> you know, because people who are in business don't don't think about these things. It's not they're very. You know, one of them went to, to MIT, and the other one went to uh, Oxford and Harvard, getting getting a getting a, a master's degree. So, uh, but in terms of Concentrating on the, the the Bible has been very interesting, and uh, you know what it has become sort of what I'm living for in a lot of ways. Because when you're in my shape, you know I'm now seventy four, 
Mm -hmm. Um, you know, my, my, you know, I had a seizure, uh, seizure and surgery, uh, 17 years ago. Mm -hmm. And how many more years do I have? My Mm -hmm. dad died when he was 78. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so, you know, what I concentrate on is being faithful to God. What does he want me to do if he's not more clear? He has to show more desire for what I do than I do. Mm. Because I definitely have a kind of weakness and my brain doesn't work as well as I'm not well organized. Uh, I never was, but I would say, you know, now it's really something, you know, much, much worse. Mm-hmm. And, uh uh, but you know, he he gives me this joy. Mm. So I would say that right now, and I think about the Bible, and I think about the word body, and and as in as in John one one. How is it? Because it says in the beginning was the word, mm-hmm. and so I've shown how God put it there, and then put seventy words along with it that are all part of the body. Mm-hmm. And 1,900 times. Mm. And, you know, you have the situation of the body is, what does the body do? And I looked them all up in the Bible. You know, they're in the Bible like several hundred times. And, uh, and then you start to see that the Bible is bigger than you think it is. And the Bible is more, God is more informed mm. than and more strategic and more interesting in, in my assessment whereas i don't i didn't grow up thinking religion was that big a, you know really i didn't ever read anything i didn't ever do anything related to it till college i started hearing about the forgiveness of christ through some people with with campus crusade which was helpful mm-hmm. interesting people by the way one of them was josh mcdowell and i said you know, you know i said you know, I've asked Jesus Christ to be into my life many times. <laughs> and he laughed at me and he said, you only have to do it once. I said, what? What do you mean by that? So you can see little little miracles along the way that were really helpful to me. And then mm-hmm. and then I was living such an un, un, inconsistent life, you know, sort of excited and then sad or, or you know, rambunctious or whatever. And then he said, well, you know, you have to be filled with the Spirit. He has, he has to give you strength. Mm-hmm. I said, well, what is that? How do you do that? You know, so it's all, I'm sort of a come-as-you-are person, like when you think you are, you know enough and then you don't know that much. Mm-hmm. And uh, so anyway, that's been a lot of, uh, a lot of confidence over the years. Uh, the joy being above that in in a lot of ways. You know, I wish I had some of the other ones, you know, which is love and joy and peace. And, you know, he says it comes, it's the fruit of the Spirit. And so it has to be the fruit that provides that sort of a thing. Mm-hmm. So um, I I have a, a mission that is I want to do something that uh, relates to the Bible. But if he doesn't want me to do it, you know, or or to have the capacity to share it, that's his problem. Mm-hmm. I, I, all I can do is, is all I can do. And I would say I can't really do that much. I'm not mm-hmm. that good at it. I'm, I'm, I'm not a good writer anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
you know, I forget my thoughts. And I said, well, God, if you want me to do this, you gotta have, you gotta help me with all my problems. Mm -hmm. Well, I think you can help me a little bit more. (laughs) (laughs) uh, But you know, listen, there's joy for me because I seek the Lord and that's the way he responds. And I keep on seeking him. And if he wants to do that, that's up to him. And listen, if I were him, I would do it right away, but he doesn't do it right away. He he brought me into cancer. Yeah. And cancer really got into my way with a lot of things. So mm-hmm. enough of that. Yeah, just you know, you just have a real life. I have a real life now, which I'm just proud of and all of its weakness and all of the 10% that doesn't work anymore. And mm-hmm. and I have all these stories to tell about. You try to be, you try to do well, and then you know bad things happen, or it's, you do stupid stuff, and so you know it's a. I hope that's a little bit of uh, uh, some thoughts that might be interesting to you. Well, yeah, thank you, thank you for sharing all that, Stan. I, I feel like, you know, um, it's it's really interesting that lessons we we think we're learning along the way and god just stops us in our tracks and causes us to look at life differently or have different perspective of him and his word and you know you talk about what you have this mission and this desire to share some of these things you're learning but it's really goes back to him this He's got to give the ability. Well, in my to... case, that's certainly certainly the true. You've got it well yeah. said. Yeah, and yet being present with him and learning from him and just experiencing him day by day is, you know, as it goes back to what you said in the beginning of the great commandment of loving him. With all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Yeah, Yeah, interesting. Back to that, the past. This is something fascinating, which is, I didn't like the great commandment because he said, you shall love the Lord with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, which no one can do. No one can do that. Yeah. And that's when I, uh, I'll tell you what I already said to you, which is Deuteronomy 429. You'll seek him and find him in response to the great commandment commandment and that has been really the most amazing adventure that uh i i never gave up on in terms of the last 15 years so i don't really i do it because not because i'm so smart because i'm curious and because i didn't like the one where it said you shall love the lord your god with all your heart all your and i thought nobody can do that Nobody can do that. I, I said that to the board of Campus Crusade in a meeting years ago, years and years ago, and uh, af- you know after brain cancer, and uh, they were all shocked that you can't do that. It's all, all, all. But you know, it's so it's so entrenched in us. You can, you you shall love the Lord your God, but we don't look at the word the word all. And, you know, after brain cancer, I think you start be getting an, a, a kind of uh, answer 
or uh, some insight that you don't plan on, that you just look at the Bible. And I think the brain cancer made me look at the Bible with in a, in a new way where you're just looking at it as it is. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't call it exciting uh, in the beginning, but amazing now. It's really amazing. So, you know, enough of that. It's just sort of emphasis of it because, uh, you know, I I don't think of myself as being this great theologian or, or this or that. And, uh, but I do come across as this, you know, uh, curious person mm-hmm. who is grew, grew up Christian, accepts things as, you know, sort of, as they really are along the way. And then, you know, when when you get brain cancer, you start looking at them in a different way. Mm-hmm. And it's not that the other things you reject, it's just there's these insights that you have yeah. that are brand new. And I yeah. hope that's interesting to you. I don't, I don't, I, I have not really shared it that much with other people because, you know, I found it uh, hard to do much of anything related to how I feel. But anyway, we'll see. Well, you know, no, I appreciate you saying that, Stan, because I think I've often in meditating on that passage and even the the couplet of it, of loving your neighbor as yourself, it is like, it's the impossibility of that great commandment and why we need the Holy Spirit, why we need the Savior. Yeah, the Holy Spirit has been very important because he's the one who helps you seek and you'll find. Mm -hmm. And that passage of seek and find in the New Testament doesn't tell you what to seek and find. Mm. And so that was combined with the other thoughts I had, which is, well, if you can seek and find, but he doesn't tell you what to seek and find. (laughs) Then I thought to myself, well, what do you, what do you want me to do, God? I don't have no idea. So that's when I began to read the Bible in a fresh way, Mm -hmm. uh, which has been really wonderful. Mm. I, I hope it's been wonderful for others, but very wonderful for me. No, this this is great, Stan. So I, I appreciate that. I think there's so much to really um, glean from this about real joy and um, seeking. Yeah, and the response of seeking Him. Yeah. You know that I, I like the Deuteronomy. Yes. Yeah, it was like I it's like I knew nothing except what I'd been taught before. And it, uh, and then he well, yeah. it in a new way. Well, I think how God's made you, you know, you talked about being an entrepreneur that's more exploratory, intuitive, rather than okay, you're calculating and you're curious. And and here God is like brings this passage of seek. And you'll find and 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 draws you back to the Deuteronomy passage of, of yeah, so early, him. just amazing kinds of things because we've read throughout the Bible just looking for words because mm-hmm. we have these seventy words of the body that are in the Bible, so we've been looking at them mm-hmm. throughout the Bible. Mm-hmm. And then, what do you do when you have those words? That's fascinating because that's 
that's thousands and thousands and thousands of times these words of the body do things in the body. Mm -hmm. In the body, the word, but then what do they do? Because it's an active word. Body is an active word. It's, when he says you, the word of God is living and active. Yeah. Well, what, well, the body is living and active. I don't know about other things, but that one is living and active. Right. And uh, and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit, joints and marrow, all four physical words. And you're able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And mm -hmm. that's that's active. Mm -hmm. so I find it all to be very motivating and God to be very smart and very, very... Uh, well, Stan, it's been so great visiting with you this morning and getting to know you better. Well, you've and, asked uh, very, very nice questions. And Adam, I, uh, did I say Adam? What's your name? Andy. Andy. That's totally fine. You know my memory does. This is, this is <laughs> not, your name down. I've written your name down on my paper like 10 times. Yeah, you got the A. And I don't remember. I I've just, been called worse than Adam. So, you yeah, but I don't like to call anybody anything <laughs> worse. And then I do because my memory doesn't work as well. <laughs> I haven't had brain cancer and I can't remember people's names. So, <laughs> I have no excuse. Just, you did uh, too? Oh, I re I have such a hard time remembering people's names. Yeah, I well, meet people and they tell me their name, and I immediately... yeah, well, yeah, we, we're we're somehow we're, we're lost brothers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but I'll remember Stan, <laughs> and I uh, appreciate. I'm pretty close to Satan, though. Please, <laughs> <laughs> no, and Ginger. And uh, we we appreciate you. We're so really glad you're part of our community. Uh, well, thank you. Please do keep me in touch. I'm trying to become more act active in global. Uh, but anyway, I would just say it's you know it's challenging. So well, but we it's so nice to have this call and uh, to motivate you know me to sit with you for this long. Yeah. So I thank you that. And, uh, you know, you know, whether or not I can say yes to it, I don't know, but you can just feel free to ask me in the future. <laughs> I will. I will. Yeah. We'll keep him. That's the way we are. We just invite, we keep inviting people. Right. And, uh, so that's, we, we understand if you, you if you're not able to come and things are, you all right, well, we appreciate you Stan, and we'll keep praying for you and, Thank you. Thank you for me praying for you too. Okay. Andy. Yes, you got it. <laughs> All right, bro. Well, listen, I do have it. Uh, never mind. I already said it. Anyway, so you're very nice to call and I wish you the best. Okay. Thank you, Stan. Have you a great bet. day. All right. Bye-bye. Yeah. This has been the Global Service Associates Podcast. I'm your host and producer, Andy McCullough. Our theme song is Lay It Down by Travis and the Ghost. We hope you catch all our episodes so that we can all better connect as members. Thank you. Thank you.